0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Tuning Fork. It's a podcast about music and the Pitchfork Media Hype Machine. I am David, a.k.a. Hard Rock Party.
1: I'm Matt, and we do nicknames? (laughs) Matt, it sucks that you don't have a nickname prepared because your nickname could have been Matt. What if if his name was Matt Dong? (laughs) I mean, you're right. (laughs) <laughs> but it's fine
0: uh, We have a guest today, please introduce yourself
1: Hi, I'm Sarah, a.k.a. the Russell Lissack of Rome
0: <laughs> <laughs> So, hi Sarah um, Hi Welcome to the Wait, show Wait, hold on, I, uh, I, have
1: to, I have to pop my top because Matt does not have a beer, I gotta... It's fine. Oh. Okay, we got it. We got it. Podcast beep. Did you not hear it? I was I... frantically opening, opening and shutting my water bottle. <laughs> nice, <laughs> we're, nice. We're, we're edge. We don't break edge here. I definitely don't have a half full bowl of weed right in front of me.
0: I could have saved cracking open my uh, my bubbly fizzy water, my bubbly brand fizzy water, but uh, I didn't. What, f- what flavor? What flavor? It's green apple.
1: Nice. Can I say the joke that I was going to say and then I didn't get a chance to say? Absolutely. Because yes. we're about we're gonna cast our pod to the wind. Thanks. <laughs> hey, this isn't Giants confirmed. No, that's I, I still gotta wait a couple more months for to be on that podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: we're talking about an album that uh, Sarah's extremely excited about. If uh, her Twitter over the past couple of days has been any indication. Yes.
1: This was, yeah, I think this was definitely my favorite album of, like, high school. Um, I kind of stopped listening to Black Party after their fourth album came out. Um, I listened to that album, and I tried to really convince myself that I liked it, and it didn't stick. And then I kind of, like, retroactively applied that backwards, and I was like, oh, I guess I don't like any of their music if I don't like the new stuff. Um, Even though I know that's not how that works. Yeah, um, but I just kind of fell off listening to them for a little bit. So this was a nice like little. Uh, I, I, I you know I still listen to them intermittently, but like this was a nice blast from the past. Just like bang this album all week.
0: Yeah, so Block Party, I guess you could say is part of uh, the early two thousands post punk revival. Is that fair to say?
1: Eh, Alt rock more than post punk. I, I don't think that, I don't think this fits into post punk's wheelhouse. Yeah, style. like they, the- it really seemed like
2: they were trying to make like a pop rock album and they yeah. very much succeeded in doing so i can see how it fits into like the the post-punk ethos just in the fact that they have wait wait
1: post-punk or pop-punk post-punk okay i heard pop-punk and i was like i don't know that. no not at I, I all <laughs> yeah I was no. trying to yeah say
2: like... but uh just because they have one of the tightest fucking rhythm sections i've ever heard
1: <sighs> yeah oh my Correct. god Matt tong is matt tong is a fucking machine um, that's the drummer I got... right yeah, 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 I got to see this, I got to see the original lineup in concert back in 2012, and it was one of the, like, best concert experiences I've ever had in my life. Granted, I've only been to about five concerts in my life, two of which were they might be, but two of those were they might be giants, so I've got a pretty high bar.
2: Yeah, another band with an extremely tight rhythm section, so. Yeah. Yeah, um, Marty
0: Marty Beller cannot be beat.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think everyone in this original in this original unit is just fucking good as hell. Like Kelly O'Rourkey yeah. has he's got an incredible voice. He's got the he just like he croons so wonderfully. Um they're not it's not this album, but um if you listen to Weekend in the City and uh Intimacy, those are have a lot more ballads than this one does. Mm-hmm. Um And they're both really good albums. I think four is four is passable. If but I don't like it very much. And then hymns is just a bad album. I think I listened to like three songs. and I was like, "Oh, this sucks."
2: (laughs) What I gather with uh, with this album in particular is that he wasn't as confident in his singing voice as he would later become, Mm -hmm. uh, because he does a lot of talk singing on this album, and it really it really works. It does. Um, But yeah, you you just like he doesn't really he doesn't belt all that much.
0: Yeah. I thought that was kind of refreshing that uh, you, you got to hear, hear him step back from the mic in a couple spots.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to hear some good examples of that, um, I linked a video to both of you earlier, which was a live performance of their song Signs from the album uh, Intimacy. The studio version of that and uh, Biko, uh, bo- both of Intimacy. And I'll give you a track list of all the ballads. I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm just sorting in my head all the numbers. Yeah, we're not talking about those tracks today, then. We're not, we're not. We're talking about these tracks. Uh, which was kind of hard to iron out. <laughs> hey, did we even say the name of the album yet? I... <laughs> oh yeah, it's Block, Party's, it's Block Party's seminal 2005 album, Silent Alarm. Yeah, I think is... this
0: is their debut full length. Yes. They had uh, a couple they...
1: EPs before
2: this, as far mm-hmm. as I could tell.
1: Yeah, they had the they had the Little Thoughts EP, and then an EP just called Block Party. Uh, they were also, uh, before they were Block Party, though, they were a band called Union, uh, so I think... I Think they did an LP as that band, but I'm not 100 percent sure.
2: Hey, you know what they call
1: me? Little thought. <laughs> the, 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 it's not little thought. It's little thought. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's little.
0: <laughs> Small <laughs> thought.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: So yeah, uh, Pitchfork seemed to be pretty pretty into this album, and I that's think that's all they should. Uh, was this was this the first uh, release of theirs that got reviewed? No,
2: the EP got reviewed and it got an 8.0, no best new music, Uh, but it was very much like a keep an eye on these guys kind of review.
0: This band is kind of starting to to blow up overseas and and we're going to keep our finger on the pulse.
1: Yeah, but we're, we're not hitching that. ourselves to the wagon yet. Um, I'm looking at the reviews for the first time, and they did not like Intony, which is a shame because that album is good. Uh, it- th-
2: yeah, there's something about the f- the Pitchfork 5.8 that like <laughs> that that specific like area of reviews is basically like they made something different and we didn't like it because it wasn't the thing they were making before. Yeah.
1: Intimacy is very much a different album. I think. I think Silent Alarm, Weekend in the City, and Intimacy are all very different albums, but like you, there's still DNA you can feel. You can feel between them. I feel like uh, intimacy is the, it has the least of that DNA. It's still really fucking good. I love that album so much, but it does not have the same, it it is not the same band that did Weekend in the City, which is not exactly the same band that did Silent Alarm. Is it, is it like less of a guitar album? Um, yeah, it's a lot more, uh, yeah, it's a lot, it is a lot lower on the guitar, though when they do, when they bust the guitar out, like there's a song on there called, um, it's, I think it's One Month Off is, uh, is, uh, that's like one of the big guitar songs on there and it bangs. Um, like it does not use the guitar quite so much but when it uses it it goes fucking hard as hell
0: I'll, I'll just have to get Ian Cohen on the show to uh to defend the rating that he gave that album
2: I feel like one I feel like it is actually not unreasonable for us to get Ian Cohen on this show yeah and I would love to do it.
0: I do follow his Twitter from the Tuning Fork Twitter.
2: Yeah, I'd love to get an actual, like, former or current Pitchfork writer on the show. Yeah, Ian Cohen is very high on my list of people I'd like to, just because I want to yell at him about some stuff. (laughs) And if I want someone that I'd have, like, an agreeable relationship with, I'd try to get on Lindsay Zolads, because Lindsay
1: Zolads is a good writer. But if we talk too long about intimacy, we're not going to talk about Silent (laughs) Alarm. Which
0: got an 8.9.
1: Yeah, the review is... It's pretty good, um... There
2: was, there was one thing that was really bothering me when I was reading the review, and I'm going to try to, like, parse through it and see if I can find it. It's just, yeah, it's the fact that the reviewer, who is uh, Nitsa Abebe, uh, repeatedly throughout the article just seems to be, like, it's simple, but it's good. It's simple, but it's good. As if, like, you know, making a simple, straightforward, poppy guitar rock album is, one, easy, and two, something that you shouldn't just aspire to do. Like, music can still be straightforward, in its execution, and still be good. The thing is, it, it is seems like, like they're almost apologetic that they like it so much.
1: Yeah, right. I'll, yeah, exactly. And also, like th- this album would not exist if the four members of the band were not as good at their fundamentals as they yeah. are. I know. I, I'm going to keep. I'm going to belabor this point because it's a point that deserves to be belabored. Matt Tong is a fucking phenomenal drum, drummer, and it's a cr- And I don't know what he's been doing since, but I hope someday he comes back to music. Yeah, like on a, in a big way.
0: And, and I guess the entire subject of this podcast was the time period in which Pitchfork was just incredibly into that experimental shit. Yeah. And so they had to, I guess, feel like they needed to apologize to their readers for, you know, hyping up something that was this much just kind of uh, an alt-rock record.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're they're
1: really into the British
2: alt-rock, though. Like, they gave the Franz Ferdinand debut, like, a
1: 9.0 the same year. The, so my fun fact is not about this album, actually, but another one of their albums. um, A Weekend in the City, their second album, Okay. So they did a thing with Weekend in the City where the album had two bonus tracks. Mm-hmm. The U.S. version had like two songs and the U.K. version had two different songs. And through doing this, they secretly released an entire second album. Yeah. The people <laughs> who like assembled these things, like they refer to it as another Weekend, which...
2: Oh, nice. Nice. I actually like that. Doing stuff with bonus tracks is a power play, but yeah, with this album, it just has like the classic uh, different UK US release thing. And generally, we'll stick with whatever the US edition is on Spotify, which meant I needed to download an extra track and then just shove it in my running order, <laughs> so yeah. I could actually get the experience that you guys that y- that y'all were getting.
1: I gotta be honest, uh, I got fucked up by this a little while ago, um, because I had listened to this album uh, entirely through iTunes, and iTunes had the original UK release, so Little Thoughts was not on there. Um, Nor was, uh, what is it, it, uh, Each Time is the Last Time? Yeah, uh, uh, as the bonus track. Yeah, that was not on there either, because it was the original UK release that I had purchased from iTunes. Um, And then, uh, like, two years ago, I'm just, like, putzing around in a record store around here, and they're like, hey, Weekend in the City, Silent Alarm, both two for five, and I'm like, oh, shit, I can't turn that down. And then I turn on, and "Little Thoughts" comes on, and I'm like, "Oh, what the fuck? This isn't." And like, I, I, I listen to these guys like entire discography, back to front, front to back, a lot. Um, so I knew this song. I was just really caught off guard to hear it on this. Yes, album. like, why is it here? Yeah it was part of the lp i uh, i bought this i bought this vinyl when they pressed they did like a pressing that was like only like 500 copies of it or something yeah i think like, it was
2: was it was a record store day thing wasn't
1: it uh might have been this was like back in like 2010 2011 yeah. um and it came uh, i came with a little uh, lp on it which had it had uh little thought little thoughts on one side and it had oh i wanna say two more years on the other
2: that, I think that is the B-side for, for the Little Thoughts single as it was originally released, so that would make sense. They should
0: have done that thing where for the American release, they just, like, get uh, the band to do, like, a duet with another popular uh, British singer that Americans already know about, like, do a Block Party uh, Oasis crossover. Then you find out later that you had that they had a feud with Oasis. Yeah,
2: I mean, we could do that. We could we could talk about that before it starts, because yeah. it's not relevant Black. to any of the tracks on the album.
1: I, I don't know if this is true the entire band of Block Party, but Kelly Okerecki, at least in particular, fucking hates Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Read the quote about the, the, what he called them on stage after they broke up. My God. Oh, yeah.
0: They, they like uh they were both booked for um a show I think or a, a, a festival um and oasis uh got in a fight and broke up backstage and so block party then like effectively uh became like the most popular band at the show so they came out and were like well guess we're the headliner now
2: <laughs> it's
0: so good and he's like
2: <laughs> he was he was pointing out it's just like he was making fun of Oasis fans in the audience. <laughs> like people who came to see these inbred twins. Because <laughs> He fucking hates Oasis, which oh, is so
1: he valid. Fucking hates yeah. Oasis.
0: Well, I think that's about it before we actually get into the songs.
1: Well, in that case we well, let's just get it out of the way then, because it's an instrumental, but it's, it's a really pretty one. It's good. It's, it's very pretty. It's good. Yeah. There we go. I like the it. <laughs> that's that's our review of mm-hmm. uh What's of the song? every oh, time is the last time. last time and uh it's uh i dropped some hidden lore for y'all in the the fucking episode in the to y'all about this about that line uh because there is was in this song on the uh little thoughts lp called storm and stress the little thoughts lp by the way is also delicious uh but storm and stress ends with the uh rep- the repetition of the line uh uh this time is the last time yeah and then really really uh makes you think emoji shall we get into the tracks Yes, please. Yes. Oh my god.
0: So first we've got like eating glass.
1: This album opens. I think this is. I think there are a short list that I have of perfect opening songs to albums and on that list is uh this song and th- this is an incomplete list i have more songs but i can't think of them off the dome it's this song and uh disloyal order of water buffaloes from my uh, uh the fallout boy album that i can't remember the name of off the top of my head menage do? no folie deux. thank you i just want um, to
2: note on the perfect opening tracks gambit that the knife had three in a row uh with true. heartbeats heartbeats silent shout and full of fire all perfect. Yeah. Full of Fire is just like nine minutes dark electro class shit. It's great. I gotta. Yeah. The
1: thing is, the thing is, my my opinion of the Knife is very varied because the I've heard two albums by the Knife and they are uh, 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 shaking the habitual and tomorrow in a year. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I say, I say I've listened to tomorrow in a year. I've listened to like seventy five percent of it, which is as far as I can get before I I a headache is induced and I am forced to stop listening. <laughs>
2: Yeah. But we're we're not talking about the knife now. I just brought them up and, you know. <laughs> yeah. We're
1: talking about Black Parties like Eating Glass, which has um like I said the absolute perfect opening to an album. It, it just kind of feels like uh like the stage is lighting up, like it's at a like like we're just like on a concert and like Russell Lissack spotlight goes on. He's like and then Gordon yeah, the, single the spotlight note spotlight intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh Matt Tong comes in with a t- and then just like goes fuck it's like they yeah, went the into drum the
0: studio beat is very good.
2: and someone went to turn on the bright lights. UK, ah. UK rock reference.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I assume this, we'll
2: cover Interpol at some
0: point. This drumbeat sounds like something you'd hear from Phil Selway from Radiohead. <laughs>
1: Matt Tong Tong is a phenomenal drummer, and uh, seeing him live was a a genuine treat. Uh, His shirt lasted, uh, why are there so many fucking Harley Davidson-ass motherfuckers (laughs) living in this part of town? I hate it so much, dude. Like fucking this is the gayest part of town and also one of like one of the blackest. Why are there Harley-Davidsons around here? No, that's straight people's business.
2: I mean, <laughs> when there's Harley-Davidsons around here, it's probably just literally the hells angels. So yeah. that might be your case as well. God, I hope not.
1: Um, <laughs> what was I saying before I got interrupted? Matt Tong, very good drummer. Um, I also think gordon moakes is like an all-time great bassist and i also love the fact that he just completely takes the verse off because like there's like this and then he's just done playing the bass except for two notes in the middle of the verse and just like, and then and then he comes back in with that like fucking sick ass like yeah the
0: the bass is extremely upfront in the mix and i i am appreciative of that
2: yeah, I was yeah. saying, I was saying yeah. earlier to you guys that I did all my uh, my first several listens on my laptop speakers, just because like it's hot in the apartment, I didn't want to put headphones on. Um, and then when I finally actually listened to it on headphones, the the rhythm section is really really high in the mix, and it's a lot yeah. more noticeable on cans than it is on open speakers. And I thought that was really interesting, but it's a testament to how much the band and uh, the producer realized that worked. Um, we didn't really talk about the producer or anything. It's Paul Epworth, who is like a pretty sought after producer now because of how much Adele stuff he's done.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, sure.
2: And also like several Florence and the Machines albums, Friendly Fires, Foster the People, Coldplay U2. He, with Coldplay yeah. and U2, he basically just picked up where Brian Eno left off. But nonetheless.
0: Every time I think about Coldplay, I just am reminded of that time when they were uh, working with David Bowie and his reaction to the song they played back for him was, it's not a very good song, is it?
2: (laughs) God. Um, But yeah, no, I I think uh, the production really, really works on this album. And one thing I really like is that the album opens so sparsely. So like, as you said, the bass disappears for most of this track, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: uh, most of the start of this track, and it's just like Kelly's vocals with some reverb on them.
3: Yep. and
2: very simple lyrics but very very evocative like Mm -hmm. it's so cold in this house open mouth swallowing us they give like a really
0: uncomfortable like, like a really uncomfortable atmosphere
2: yeah i really like it it's very like uh it seems very confessional yeah yeah
1: it does it does kind of uh i do look at the very end he just kind of like starts to like break down a little bit like it mm-hmm. feels like 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 it sort of bubbled over a little bit lyrically because it's you know the opening is so cold in this house open mouth swallowing us children staying home from school will not stop crying i know that you're busy too i know that all that stuff etc etc and then at the end he's just like we've got crosses on our eyes for richer for poorer for better for worse if you didn't get that it's about being married in a loveless relationship yeah l-
2: literal roman catholic marriage vows <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah yeah
2: and yeah the crosses on our eyes can also be just like you know cartoon X's.
1: It's interesting to think about the fact that I mean, like I I gotta wonder how much of this album, if any, was was like properly read as oh this is a gay guy and not like
2: I think a lot of uh, there's a, a couple of songs where it doesn't just because like it's a relationship and he's explicitly using she's
1: yeah. Yeah, I and I don't know. I, I don't know if that is like reflective of what Kelly was identi- who who Kelly was dating and identif- or, and identifying as at the time, or if that is just him bearding, I guess, musically because he. wasn't I mean, it's not like that's uncommon in music. No, no. I guess
2: it's just it, it's so much less so now than it would have been in like the sixties, seventies, eighties.
1: Yeah, it's just got me curious. I think.
2: Uh, yeah, I, no, it's Kelly- definitely it's definitely something worth reading into on this album. And yeah. something that I was considering throughout with the lyrics. I mean,
1: maybe that's something you can consider for, like, eating glass. Like, this is about a loveless relationship. And maybe maybe Kelly's partner is not seeing it. it Kelly's partner maybe is seeing the fact that it's not working for Kelly's too reluctant to admit. To. Yeah. Because uh, it's, Kel, the, the, the entire relationship described in the song is, like... I know that you're busy, too, uh, and I know that you care. you got your finger on your pulse, your eyes everywhere. It hurts all the time that you won't return my calls, and you haven't got the time to remember how it was. Like, it's very much him feeling like the jilted one. Mm -hmm.
0: The other thing I wanted to talk about um, that kind of goes through the whole album, but especially noticeable on this song, um, the talk singing kind of uh, makes me realize that probably the whole band like grew up listening to, you know, 70s English punk bands yeah
2: I, I think I think that that's that's definitely like a valid yeah it it, it really sounds like the way they're doing it. and it's yeah. well, it's for me it reminds me not so much of like the 70s 80s English punk bands because I'm not as familiar with them but like block parties contemporaries in like the streets and
1: uh arctic monkeys arctic gomper? monkeys is
2: an obvious one yeah i, I was trying to think gomper. of a very specific uh band whose name i cannot recall off the top of my head right but i'll get at some point and just yell it out out of context and we'll is, be good is he's...
1: gomper canon in tuning fork lore
2: uh-huh i think gomper's gotta be canon does that mean gomper's in this band
1: <laughs> gomper is the secret fifth <laughs> member yeah yeah gomper's the secret he's fifth the one, member of Block he's, the all, he's the one doing he's the one doing the in the background on the on the on the verses. Hey, this
0: is David. Just a little uh editor's note. Gomper is apparently a reference to a show on uh, Noise Space called Fun Point, which is hosted by Brooks and Eddie. I haven't listened to a whole lot of it, so I had nothing to add to this conversation, but uh go listen to Fun Point, it's good. Okay, bye.
4: Yeah.
2: McLusky is the band I was thinking of. Ah okay. there you go. It's a lot more. It's a lot more shouty than talk-singy, but I, I think there's a lot in common with the, like, just within the, the influences more than in, like, actual comparisons between the band.
1: Um, I also just want to say that uh, I, I love the way that he sings uh, the second verse in this song. The way he just, like, hits the, an aversion to light, got a fear of the ocean. It just, I, the way he hits it is so wonderful.
2: The way he sings, I am, like, never sure where the next syllable's coming in
1: when I'm mm. reading along with the lyrics. Yep. Yeah. It's like, uh... Yeah, like, honestly, like, I, I know this album, like... Pfft. Top to bottom, with I mean, okay, so I know, (laughs) I know the mouth sounds that are happening, but because of the accent, I lose a little bit in the (laughs) translation sometimes. So I mishear a lyric or misread a lyric or something, and I'll bring it up when it comes up because there are a couple of funny ones that I like to think about. But, um, I, I, even like, going to read these lyrics, I was like, I don't recognize these lyrics. And it's because, like, it's not, it's because, it's because he's not singing an aversion to light, he's singing an aversion to light.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And also sometimes he'll like drop a syllable until five seconds later. So I'm like, wait, did he just sing that word? And then I'll hear the second half of the word. I'm like, oh, there it is.
0: (laughs) Do you think that he just like wrote the words separately and then tried to fit them to the music that the band came up with?
1: Gordon Mokes uh, was responsible for providing the lyrics to this album. And he did not... Like consult Kelly, he just kind of listened to the music, and that's why there are so many like incorrect lyrics of this album online. That's really good. I'm pretty sure this. I'm pretty sure that was correct. I'm pretty sure this genius uh, uh, thing is up to date. And I read that. Uh, vi- I read that. Uh, the the vinyl case pretty, the vinyl uh sleeve pretty really all the.
0: Wait, is Uh, this an episode of I Have the Vinyl?
1: Um, I do have the vinyl, but I don't know where the fuck it is. (laughs) Hey, it counts. I I technically own the vinyl. Pew, pew, pew. Um, yeah. It's like In me the, last.
2: It's like me last time. I think I might own the vinyl. Yeah. Give me a
1: call. Give me a call uh, next time I'm on. I will own the vinyl because the next time I'm on, I'm going to talk about Baths Romoplasm, which is literally on my record player across the room from me right oh, now. Oh yeah,
2: that was originally what you were signing, what you'd signed up to do, right?
1: Yes, and it you was, changed and your I mind. was. Yeah. I changed Did you get my mind the teal because... one? Yes. Of course. Of course. <laughs> you got to <laughs> have teal. It's very good. Yeah. I've also got a little, a cute little anti con sticker on my yeah. desk. Oh fuck yeah!
0: All right, let's uh, let's talk about helicopter. I'm think is the most popular song on this album
1: yeah this is the guitar hero track um yeah funny enough they had uh this is definitely their most well-known video game track but prior to this i know of at least two instances where they were featured in video games which is lake eating glass was in tony hawk's american wasteland and uh banquet was on the soundtrack for ssx on tour um and somehow, so they're an extreme
0: I, sports band, is what you're saying.
1: Oh, an extreme, extreme sports band. Um, I somehow owned both of those games, but I didn't actually discover Block Party until I played this song in Guitar Hero. And the thing is, I was playing the Guitar Hero 3's online, which on the Wii was like Excellent. I mean, at the very, at the end of the day, that's probably the best thing you can play online, because it's literally just sending scores. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I just, like, I, it was one of the bonus tracks, and I hadn't fucked with the bonus tracks yet uh, by the time I went to online. I was like, okay, cool. I finished the campaign on Medium. I'm going to go to the b- online. And then this <laughs> one came up, and I was like, hmm, I don't know what this is. And then, like, the, the intro, like, oh, blah, 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 and I was like, oh, okay. Okay. No. Yeah, I
2: feel like it's very... Um, the relationship you'll have with a song when you're playing it on Guitar Hero is a lot different than the relationship you'll have from a song playing in the background while you're trying to focus on the controls, which are completely yeah. unrelated to the music. So I kind of yeah. get that. Mind you, Like that doesn't stop uh goldfinger superman from playing in my head on loop whenever i see someone skateboarding so
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's laps is the
0: thing i i did i do have that entire soundtrack in my library and i go back to it quite often
1: that sounds like rules like jerry was a race car driver by primus is a fucking banger and that did, that was not on any version except the n64 one i thought um, it was on the I thought it was on the
0: PlayStation one.
1: Is it? I've I've looked at the I've like I've like found playlists of the soundtracks on, of the soundtrack on YouTube and like that song I feel like is absent some, most of the time. Huh. Interesting, but I could I could be wrong. Um, but this is Helicopter by Block Party. Um, it is it opens with some extremely fucking crunchy guitar, and I love it. It's good. Yeah, the chords just... are
0: really dissonant, and I I love that.
1: Yeah. This entire this entire song is just like I haven't sung his praises very much yet, but I do also think Russell Lissack is a phenomenal guitarist. Um, I don't think he's quite on the level that I put Matt Tong and Gordon Mokes at and Kelly for his vocals, but I think he's still really really good. Um, in the hiatus between Intimacy and uh, Four, uh, Russell did it was in a band called Pin Me Down, and uh, they're pretty good. I. Yeah, I think he's a pretty good guitarist and I think it shows I think it shows really well on this track.
2: The song's not about George Bush, you piece of shit stoner.
1: <laughs> yeah. So this song draws a lot of comparisons to George Bush and uh Kelly has vehemently denied this in every which way po- every every possible chance. Um yeah. and he's he's kind of mad about it too.
0: There were a lot of bands writing songs about George W. Bush at the time, so it's not unreasonable for people to think that. But also, especially,
1: especially when the next song, especially when the next song on, the, or not the next song, but one of the one of the other songs in this album is about the human price of gasoline.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Like, this one, Like this could be about, like, any American.
1: Yeah, that, That's, like,
2: people just, like, really like to center everything
1: on politics. It's actually um, about him, though. Yeah. Like, Kelly, Kelly wrote it about himself. Do you
0: think that, do you think that he found himself too American in some ways? That maybe, is right I there in know. the pre-chorus. Yeah.
1: So it James is.
2: Dean's So Blue Jeans. That's why like, I was having trouble, like, reconciling it being about him just with the way the that yeah, that, lines that,
1: were that, written. Yeah, me too. I was having a bit of a... Uh, <laughs> I, I do love the amount of like interpretation happening on Genius. That's like, even though Kelly O'Karecki says this isn't about Bush, this line, just like his dad, just like his dad, is actually about the president.
2: Yeah, <laughs> this just does that does happen a lot. The one the one line that I would like to zero in on is in the in the openers. It's just as if to say he doesn't like chocolate, mm-hmm. which like racial experiences um, seem to be an obvious metaphor there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Kel, uh, for clarification, Kelly Okerecki is a black man, um, mm-hmm. and um, I... in like, what is a very
2: white indie rock scene? Like, yes, indie rock yeah, in absolutely. general, but also, like, British indie rock in
1: particular... And the fact that he's gay on top of it, like icon, legend, <laughs> legend, only legends allowed. Um. Also, yeah, Pitchfork uh, really
0: only paid attention to a couple of black fronted bands at this time. Yeah,
1: it was like them yeah, he, and TV on the radio. Yeah, that's pretty much. Well, it. I got to Google. What, I got to Google what Kelly O'Quinn looks like right now because uh, last time I looked at him, he was absolutely smash material. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's still smash material. I saw a lot of pictures of him. Oh yeah, this dude is smash. This dude is this dude has never stopped being smashable. No, yeah, absolutely. This dude
2: fucks on, like, a primal, universal level. (laughs)
1: Yeah, he rules. Oh, I was going to think about this song because there's just so much to say. I I love, like, the super fast plucking that uh, Russell does at the... the, Like, in the bridge before it goes into the final Are You Hoping for a Miracle part. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just I love that mainly because it brings back my memory of that part in the guitar hero track, which made it which was just like a just like a million like thirty second notes stacked on top of each yeah. other. I also just
2: really like how the are you hoping for a miracle comes like it almost seems like mid bar mm-hmm. like he mm-hmm. he's in the middle of a sentence then just are you hoping for a miracle. miracle. And, like, it comes real six, fast six, like, every six, time the chorus hits you like a
1: truck. Mm-hmm. But um, the thing is, a miracle makes you think it's not enough.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, another line I wanted to zero in on, entirely just because I want to mention the Genius note annotation for it. Uh, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. They're getting so much younger. Uh, Come watch TV. Uh, with 3,662 points on Genius says, the they're getting so much younger line refers to our youth culture becoming constantly more and more immature over the generations. <laughs> Which fucking
0: boomer wrote this? Uh, Joseph Biden.
1: Yeah, Joe Biden wrote that line.
0: (laughs) Big big (laughs) block party fan right there.
1: No, 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 no. You obviously not, because your username is Come Watch TV. If it was Joe Biden, it'd be like, come look at the photograph. Come look at this photographs.
0: (laughs) Come listen to my Victrola.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have music on a wax cylinder. Children, come here. I have a viewfinder for you. (laughs) <laughs>
0: the the single uh cover art is reminiscent of the confederate flag which i'm sure was on purpose
1: yeah absolutely which makes me think more and more about how makes me, i don't know i'm just questioning how much i believe this not being about this being about himself i buy this not about bush i don't think i buy that this is about kelly yeah you know what you know what i would bet you know what i'd be willing to bet this is this is an absolute fringe theory but this is like what i this is what my brain is starting to come to conclusion on this was about this that this was about a partner of his and no one has really asked about it since and he was trying to be like no it's about me I'm not gay. The interview that is cited is from Pitchfork, friend of the show Pitchfork, uh mm-hmm. from 2009. <laughs> well,
2: 2009 is after he came out, so.
1: Yeah, sorry, 2005, which is, he had not come okay, out yet. Okay. So when the album
2: came out. Yeah. yeah okay. That that kind of tracks. I mean, if it is about him, there's just some like I-, I would assume that they're just like you know narrative choices to like inform like the content of the song, not necessarily based entirely on his own life, because yeah. it's not like it has to be a
1: one-to-one comparison, right? Right. Yeah. Makes you thinking face emoji.
2: Yeah, it really does make you thinking face emoji.
1: Uh, I just want to say before we before we do move on, I love the way that he says bravado. Yeah, it's good. North <laughs> to south, empty, running on bravado. <laughs> Positive <Yeah>. tension. <laughs>
3: I'm gonna use my teeth and my claws, shit I'm gonna use my teeth and my breasts I'm gonna make it happen
1: Fucking tension. I hated the song. I, th- I always felt the song was like a barrier I had to get over in order to listen to uh, uh, "Banquet" because I didn't like listening to albums out of order. Mm-hmm. I understand um, that
2: feeling. Also, "Positive Tension" is probably my favorite track on this album.
1: It's still not my favorite. It might be. It might actually be my least favorite. But like, I definitely like it a lot, lot, lot more than I did when I was young. It's a really like, sparse looking- song. Yeah, it's like looking at the lyrics
2: there's some questionable ones on here. It's just yeah. based on the direction he's going with it, but just like sonically. And also the chorus is like unimpeachable. It's real fucking good. It's a slapper. But I I, I just, I'm having trouble. Like, what's the, what is the subject on this one? Is it hold just, on a second.
1: Hold on a second. Well, I, Genius has your back on this. I was going mean, to
0: say, they basically say that it's uh, hold effectively hold on, hold on. a song about mass consumption of things that are popular.
1: Well, the thing is that, well, I might be looking at the wrong Genius page then, but uh, Genius has. Oh, Kelly. I know! I, I know what you're about to say. Kelly, the lead singer of Block Party, described the <laughs> meaning of this song extensively over time.
0: <laughs> there you go. That this, explains
1: this everything. song.
2: This song is about boredom. Boredom and mediocrity. It's a song
1: inspired by watching Pop Idol. There was a shot of all the kids queuing up outside the audition hall, and I thought it was really depressing image. No clamoring after fame with no real merit. Damn, Cite we do interview, in like
2: not cited him, not cited from a magazine, just cited. cited interview. Interview. Genius is a fucking toilet.
1: Like it's so genius fucking bad. Genius is the best website in the world. <laughs> oh
0: Th- this is God. our this is our genius.com criticism podcast. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Citations needed genius. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: Oh, I was gonna say well, I was gonna say brain genius. <laughs> Yeah, brain genius, genius but with the O in it and everything. Yeah, of course, yes. of
0: course. <laughs> genius.
1: Um, yeah, the song fucking slaps. I don't really have much to say about the lyrics of this, but, like, the production of it, like, I, I fucking love in the chorus, the, when, the, over there, the run, 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 run. You cannot run or ever. Hide it away. It's good. Um, if you like this song, Matt, i really recommend you listen to Intimacy, but specifically the first song on it, which is uh Ares. Yeah. Um, which has always been a favorite of mine despite not liking this song terribly much. Um, it's good. It's kind of got a... now that I thinking about it, it's kind of actually got like a similar Setup. It's a lot, it's even less singing than this, though. It's just,
2: yeah, the, the thing with this song is that I'm still trying to, like, figure out, like, trying to gronk out, like, what the actual, like, perspective that he's singing towards is. Yeah, like, I who don't is the know. she in this song? What kind of person is she? Because I, I have trouble, like, pulling that from the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, Genius seems to think it's about child beauty pageants, which seems like a shitty and dumb read.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Genius providing shitty and dumb reads since we were rap genius.
2: Yeah. Rap genius is white devil sophistry.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I I do uh, enjoy the outro, the play it cool boy with the the layered vocals.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's really good. But yeah, my appreciation of of the song is mostly Sonic, even though that's, you know, kind of a... A low down read. That's how I oh, appreciate
1: shit. most music. On here? So yeah, same. Sonic's on here and knuckles. Cool. Um, I also love the like the drop out of everything. where It's like why'd you have to get music so fucking useless? And like the weird fucking like arcade cabinet sound that Russell makes with his guitar. Boom! Like, I can't even like replicate it with my mouth. You know what I'm talking about though in his guitar solo.
2: He makes a lot of cool sounds on this album. And like my primary thought while going through this whole thing was just like. Man, I remember. I miss when indie rock had jangly guitars. It just doesn't yeah. anymore. Everything has yeah, to sound really. so. Everything has to sound so rough and tumble, or it has to sound like a fucking country record.
0: It has to sound like the Black Keys now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want it to sound like Born Ruffians' first
2: album, or this. Uh, about <laughs>
1: yeah. 320. About 328 into the song, he makes a so- He makes. His guitar makes a sound that. Just like sounds like Pac-Man dying overlaid with like <laughs> the, the spaceship from Centipede dying overlaid with the spaceship from like asteroids. Like It just sounds like 15 NES death animations layered on top. What if he just has oh, a
2: bunch awesome. of buttons on his guitar that just trigger samples that what play through the just- chord?
1: <laughs> So are you saying that he has the world's he was the first one to ever combine a guitar and a midi fighter? Yes. Cool. <laughs> that has to exist, right? That exists, oh, well, right? I feel like that exists. Yeah, probably. Someone's yeah. put
2: arcade buttons on their guitar already. One hundred percent chance.
1: I think the thing that made me not like this song so much as a kid is that I think it's I think it's like the like the least interesting song like in terms of what Kelly is saying slash singing, but I think like musically, sonically, it is incredibly impressive.
2: Yeah. See Yeah. Again, that's like the old, that's the main way I approach music, which is why like I'm not the guy who comes in with a ton of notes for this show, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm almost always approaching things from that angle. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I can see like as a kid like trying to listen to the lyrics of this song and being about as confused as I am as to what the subject necessarily is.
1: Well, I was really confused about the subject. I was like, oh, Kaylee, Kelly's not singing on this song. I don't think I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. This it is, is, hard, it, is, it is more-
2: the most talk one of the most talk singing songs on the album. Yeah.
0: The, the confusing lyrics band from when I was a kid uh, was always R.E.M. Like, I would read the lyric sheets and be like, this means absolutely nothing, but I listen, enjoy it anyway. Listen. It's
1: like, damn, how, what is the frequency, Kenneth? How much is it going to... T- how many times am I going to explain this to you? But listen, that's great. It does start with an earthquake. Birds, <laughs> snakes, and aeroplane. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. I need someone to stop me because I will do this entire song. <laughs> Please don't. I, okay... <laughs>
0: Alright, let's uh, talk about Banquet then.
1: SSX on tour song the the inferior the most inferior version of the SSX um. <laughs> and like one of the this is
2: one of the one of the leader like the singles from the album
1: right yeah I mean yeah eight out of like the 14 songs on this album were released as a single at one point or another granted one of those is uh was it Positive Tension that was the first thing that got them noticed at that concert that I can't remember who it was the Franz oh, Ferdinand uh, show yeah it thank was you.
0: it was uh She's Hearing Voices yeah
1: She's Hearing Voices thank you um, that is not the track that I would give yeah me yeah. Me <laughs> neither. Me neither. Um, we'll get there, but... We will get there. But this is Banquet. This um, is Banquet. Another song that starts off really, like, really kind of, like, minimalist. Uh, just, it kind of, like, slowly fades in, like, a weird, like, kind of, like, scraping sound over, like... Uh, and then, like, you just, like, Matt Tong just keeps me like, boom and then like you get like those like guitar riffs you've got the bass going in the background and good
0: this, this one actually did give me some serious Franz Ferdinand vibes while we're talking about them it's got that it's got that same kind of momentum to it mm-hmm. as their as their like early songs did
2: I, that, that's like they were strong contemporaries and they're clearly um Alex whatever his name is name I always forget Capranos Capranos who is I almost said the guy who runs Reddit.
0: Tony Capranos. <laughs>
2: uh, but yeah, uh, Alex hey, Copranos. Tony like,
1: Copranos. I'm
2: gonna
1: <laughs> I'm gonna talk to a fish and I'm gonna have a
2: therapist. I could see why he liked this. Because like they're 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 similar bands, yeah. They they, yeah. they they carve different territory out lyrically, but like there's a lot yeah. they have in common. Uh,
1: I, I'm learning thanks to Genius that Mike Shinoda did a remix of this. I'm going to listen to that after this. There
2: are a topic. lot of remixes of this album.
1: Uh, is so what I thing, discovered. Well, I mean, uh, the thing is that they uh, Black Party does a lot of remixes, uh, or they, they they give their stuff to other artists for remixes. Yeah, like the the Black Party uh, Intima, uh, Silent Alarm remixed is has an incredible track list. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up, I'm gonna, or not a track list, uh, because it's all—it's just all the songs on this album, but they're by, but they've been remixed. So you've got, you got, uh got Ladytron, zapatista uh, Sheriff oh, White, shit. Black Box, Phones, Disco, Engineers, Errol Alkin, uh, M83, Fortet, Death from Above 1979, Mogwai, Nick Zinner. Like, there's just so—there's just so 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 many names on. Here. And the uh, the the compliments remix, by the way, is particularly delicious.
2: Hold the that, fuck on. There's a what? remix of "Banquet" by Cornelius.
0: There you go, Matt.
2: Holy hell, I gotta hear that. <laughs> that is. There's no way that doesn't fucking slap.
0: Oh yeah, Is
1: Cornelius the one who did the gay cover of "What's My Age Again."
2: No, that's Conrad. Conrad, <laughs> thank you.
0: Cornelius did do a cover of "Video Killed the Radio Star."
2: Yeah, and he he's just like he he also did the music for the uh, the twins in the Scott Pilgrim movie. That's yeah. probably that's oh, that's a okay. salient point of reference. Uh, He's just like a very, very good Uh, musician, whose stuff
1: I've always loved. American music critics have called him Japanese Beck. Listen, if he was really Japanese Beck, then he would have had a voice role on Beck Mongolian Chop Squad.
0: Hey, guess what? Beck was also involved in Scott Pilgrim.
1: Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> well, yeah, Beck, Beck did
2: the...
0: He wrote all the Sex Bob-omb songs.
2: Yeah, so when there's Sex Bob-omb versus the twins, it's literally just Beck versus Cornelius. Right. What a good fucking movie. Yeah. We, we could earnestly do music of Scott Pilgrim episode. On some Beck, show.
1: Beck feels like like uh, a very uh, a Jeff Rosenstock presence to me. Where he just kind like, of shows up all the time? Yeah, and also he seems like a really good dude. Yeah. Shame he's a Scientologist, cool? though. Oh, Christ. Beck? He was born yeah. into it. Oh, my God. His parents were.
2: So I give yep. him slightly less blame than other people. <laughs> but, okay. nonetheless, that's another Is Jeff one. Jeff Rosenstock a Scientologist? I don't think the Church of Scientology would let Jeff Rosenstock near their building. <laughs>
1: That's true.
2: <laughs> they'd send they'd send out one of those like uh one of those street cleaning robots after him. <laughs> and he'd smash it with a bat. I fucking love Jeff Rosenstock. Jeff Rosenstock rules. But we are talking about banquet right now.
1: Yes, we are. Um I just love I really just love the guitar going through the verse the ban it, ban it, it. It just I like it. It's it feels a little bit ska-y to me, which I'm as if you know me at all, you know I'm a big fan of that. Oh yeah. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Let's go. Oh, you Can just I... got
2: you just got some fresh mozzarella sticks.
1: Oh, I'm about to, I'm about to try and learn how to do a kick flip. <laughs> uh, the I'm
2: on fire at the end of the song is obviously a reference to the Bruce Springsteen song I'm on fire about
1: how he's too horny to live.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a Bruce Springsteen mood right there.
1: I mean, this is, like, a pretty horny song. Yeah, yeah, just the I'm on
2: fire is specifically a reference to among the hornier songs of all time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I- <laughs> This is a really funny thing, I'm genius. Uh, marked on that is because I'm on the lyrics are because I'm on fire. Uh, the lyrics uh, annotation yeah, art—they're but... having great sex, but she ends it early when he's quote on fire. This serves as a metaphor for their relationship, and Gangster Santa has marked this as a stretch. <laughs> 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 but I think the usernames really make it.
2: Really, honestly? Because you're just like, I'm just like imagining a professional citation, just professional citation, Gangster Santa marked as a stretch.
0: (laughs) Thank you to our Patreon subscriber, Gangster Santa.
1: (laughs) Uh, Let me send you a pizza roll. Come to my website. This is a two guitars band because Kelly Okoreki is also on, uh, he's on rhythm guitar in addition to doing all the vocals. Yeah. Um, So there's some Really fucking cool shit that they do with the twin guitars and the chorus that I really like. Like, Russell is just kind of, like, laying down. The, no, no, no. Ru, no Ke- Kelly is definitely laying down, like, the basic stuff. Yeah. And then Russell's kind of, like, just, like, playing up on the frets a little bit. So this is very
2: much, like, kind of um, wanting to change someone in the relationship kind of song. That's, a, that's the read I was getting off of it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bite, not destroy, to feel her underneath turning into the light. So almost, like, I wanted to make little changes.
1: I wanted to nibble but I did not want to take a
2: big chomp. Don't want to take a big chomp. Just a little chomp, like a cat would do.
1: <laughs> I also love the the bridge in the song is also great. The, 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 and if you feel a little left behind, we will wait for you on the other side. And like, they do it again, but like two notes down. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. I mean, two as no- two notes down as you can get for like talking. And if you feel, and if you feel like that, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, we will wait for you on the, this is the first time I'm realizing that that is, uh, not We Will Weigh You on the other side, which I had considered to be like the... Um, the, the fucking scales? Yeah, like the, the feather <laughs> and your heart thing.
2: Yeah. And yeah. That,
1: that's what I always interpreted that as. And is that Anubis? Was, or is that I, a different... I think it's Anubis. I only not really remember it because there was an episode... There was a... A Sesame Street special where they got locked in the museum overnight. This is before Night in the Museum, I would like to say. Um, and they got locked in the museum overnight, and a little Egyptian boy came to life, and he was afraid of going to the god of death and having his heart weighed because if his heart was too heavy, he was going to go to hell. They didn't I- say hell because it was Sesame Street, but they basically said, hey, this kid might go to hell.
0: <laughs> yes, it is It is Anubis that weighs your hearts cool. in the Egyptian afterlife.
1: The
2: only reason I know this of of note of recently is because I've been watching American Gods, so... Good show. I wasn't th- I wasn't sure if I could trust it R to be fully accurate.
3: I am American God! <laughs>
2: <laughs> why, why hasn't Kid Rock been on American Gods yet? <laughs> Get on it, Brian Fuller. Wait, no, he quit. Well, uh, it's Whoever's on it busy, now.
1: It's because he's too busy making t-shirts that label every state that didn't vote for Trump in the 2016 election dumb fuckistan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's also the Kid Rock cruise. He's also too busy endorsing Ben Carson. <laughs> Oh my god! God. (laughs) Remember that? Like he endorsed Ben Carson back in like the early twenty fifteen, where they were still like a bunch of people in the running. Well,
2: it's just because he's from. It's just because they're both from Michigan. That's literally Uh, it.
0: (laughs) it, It's the same thing to me as like when there was all those shots of Mike Huckabee uh, running for president with Chuck Norris standing behind him.
2: Yeah, that's not really a strong endorsement, there, bud. No. Maybe if you were running well, that, for president in like two thousand and three it would've helped. And you're really
1: and you're really just hoping to like grab the epic meme voter. Yeah. <laughs> the
2: epic meme voter who's was already sick of Chuck Norris jokes when the ultimate showdown came out. Yeah. Until until <laughs> until a new generation of meme voters was born.
1: Yeah. The uh the, the new gen the 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 new generation of meme voters are willing to throw their throw their uh throw their support behind whoever does the coolest Fortnite dance. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which is which is why which is why Joe Biden is gonna walk out on stage and try to do orange justice and break every bone in his body.
0: Joe Biden's <laughs> if the Biden... candidate just said orange justice, I think they'd get the vote. What if,
2: what if they said, I I want to impeach Trump, call that orange justice? <laughs>
1: Because he's orange? Uh, The thing is, there are certain candidates I can imagine saying that. Biden is not one of them. Lists (laughs) of candidates, I can can envision saying that. I can envision Kamala Harris saying that. I can envision Beto O'Rourke saying that. And I can envision Andrew Yang saying that. Yeah, Andrew Yang's probably already said it. Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. He gives you a thousand dollars and says epic orange justice as he like cuts the president's head off. Joke, 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 a- joke, joke about parody. Andrew Yang cutting president's head off.
0: <laughs> let's uh let's bring the mood down just a couple ticks and talk about blue light. The
3: gentle
1: Mood oh, up. What are you talking about? This is a good, this is a happy song. It's a it's a ballad. I don't know. It seems like a sad one to me.
2: It feels like a sad one.
1: It's
0: I was like mostly the... just talking like tempo and you know production is a little <laughs> bit. uh Kind of slower.
1: Yeah, it feels it feels like a, it feels like a breakup, and there is just like there. He, this is just him being like, like this is him crossing the final hurdle and being like, I don't know. It just kind of feels like I'm sad that it's over, but I'm happy that it happened. Yeah, Which like is, this, this song seems. I mean, to that's, be the like, co- that's the chorus. Like, if that's the way it is, then that's the way it is. I was mm-hmm. recently on the receiving end of a breakup, uh, and that was <laughs> almost verbatim what I said when I when it happened. I mean, with a lot more with a lot more tears, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very gentle, and it's very
2: like. Heart the thoughts. gentlest, would you say? I would say it's kind of like the gentlest. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't just say that because I saw the word on my screen. What, what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> the gentlest feeling. <laughs>
2: but yeah, like it's almost like moving through stages of grief in song form. Yeah. <laughs> like it's almost like moving from like... Um, like a bargaining to an accepted kind of idea. Like, it, it's almost like I, they don't want to see it end, but they know it has to. They know that it's reached its end point.
1: Yeah.
0: They bring in the glockenspiel, and then you know that you're in indie rock town.
2: What's your take on the bridge lines? I'll just read them out for reference. And you didn't even notice when the sky turned blue, and you couldn't tell the difference between me and you, and I nearly didn't notice the gentlest feeling, the gentlest feeling. Because it's almost like we're we're in such like a relationship rut that we couldn't see like the happiness, the good things in it. And that's the way I was reading the line, but I was interested to see what your interpretation I
1: think it's, like, the realization of, like, this relationship was, you are an incredible person, and this relationship was not letting you show that off, and, I, like, this rut was kind of keeping us from that. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, w- w- we'd reached a stage where it was just a, a, a negative. Even yeah. when there was good, when there was positives, we couldn't see it anymore. Yeah. And that coming right after, if that's just the way it is, that that's the way it is, is uh, particularly poignant. And then, like the genius, the genius for the you are the bluest light in the outro is saying that it's about like bathrooms having blue light to prevent you from doing drugs, um, which seems like a dumbass fucking take.
1: It's not about drugs, you fucking piece of shit stoner.
2: <laughs> Again and every time, fuck you, genius. It's the most reliable spot to get lyrics, and I hate that.
1: Sorry. Okay, he does say I still feel you in the taste of cigarettes, which so I know I think that is a fucking beautiful line. I that is something. Uh, That is some beautiful... Well, like,
2: following following that with what could I ever run to, it's like, what vice could I use to to escape escape this feeling... And I still feel you in the ta I still taste feel you in the taste yeah. of cigarettes is like and, and if I'm still feeling you in cigarettes, then what the fuck do I even have?
1: And then the lines after that, like just tell me it's tearing you apart, just tell me you cannot sleep. Yeah, like, wanna I'm know it's not- affecting them as much as it's affecting you. Yeah. Trying not to get too in my feelings about this. Uh-huh. Like I said, I did uh-huh. experience of breakup calories. Um, question that's not related to this podcast whatsoever, but it's someone that's been bothering me and YouTube might have an answer. You think you all know how to repair a teddy mouse pad? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not I'm, personally, no. Mine's split open, and now, like, the really sticky goo is, like, spilling out of the bottom. And I can't really put my wrist on it too easily, but I don't want to get rid of the mouse pad, because I like it. It's not actually titties. The titties are paws, but I just call it a titty mouse pad. I mean, but that's most- the kind
2: of mouse pad it is. Yeah. If it's, like, yeah. a titty mouse pad that has an ass or a titty mouse pad that has paws, it's still a titty mouse pad. My friend, yeah. Mike
1: once ordered one of those titty mouse pads. but It was, like, an actual, like, it was an actual, like, horny one, and it was, like, some dude, like, a. Uh, like, bent over at the middle, like, with, like, holding his legs, and his ass was, like, the, the, his ass cheeks was the, with the, with the titties, mm-hmm. and there was also, like, a dick bulge in the middle for the, for another bump? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, That doesn't sound like a very comfortable mouse. No, but one time. But uh, anyways, when he received it, uh, he know he knew that he received it because he heard his mother scream and then ran to the room. And the mouse pad had was in there having was on the floor, having fallen out of the box after his mother opened it. <laughs> and she was just like pointing <laughs> at it. Oh boy. <sighs> See, I can't. And then rip- he got
0: years and years of wrist support, <laughs> totally unashamed.
1: Um, I also want to say that, like, I think it rules that Russell Lisack gets to like just fucking strut his stuff, even in like the slowest songs. Like, this is. This is like one of the more like tender ballads, mm-hmm. and still they just like throw the walls She's like, and it doesn't feel out of place. Like it feels like it
2: fits as a band. They're very, they very much just feel like a. And yeah, 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 I think that that really shows on a track like this, where it's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find something for you to do on the tracks that you don't necessarily wouldn't be on like a different kind of band, but like they're they're coming into this as
0: bros.
1: Yeah. I, Before uh, we
0: move on, I just have to say The glow of my gaming mouse on my titty mouse pad Is the bluest light Thank you
1: <laughs> First of all,
2: fuck off And second of all, let's continue <laughs>
1: yeah. What's the next track on here? She's hearing voices
3: just
0: The first part of this song sounds entirely like everything is being run through a high pass filter.
1: Yeah, uh, I do love that part of it.
0: Like the drums are completely fuzzed out. Yeah,
1: I really do love that. And I also love, like, I hate the lyrics, I hate the content, but I I love Kelly's voice. The... The Like, it sounds like almost like a, like a really deep-voiced ghost is haunting me.
0: Do you think that you'd like the lyrics better if they didn't have 2019 context to them? Because, like, it's got the thing about red pill and blue pill, and that reference was everywhere back... Back in the the early aughts, because the Matrix.
2: Yeah, but yeah. now it's a very different reference. Yeah, I mean, in this case, it doesn't really seem to fit that as a reference because, like, you know, that's the choosing ignorance versus choosing the truth, whereas this seems to just be about medication. Uh,
1: yeah. Speaking of speaking of ignorance, uh, the bridge on this song, I didn't really know what the lyrics were because I I was able to like pick out some lyrics, but it's a lot of like mumbling. Not yeah. mumbling; it's a lot of like really low. But that does open with she's scared of the blacks and she's. Scared of the Jews, like what? Sorry, yeah.
2: I what? I mean, he is just dis- he is apparently describing someone with severe mental issues, but in a really voyeuristic way. Yeah, and especially I don't like as it. him being black, that seems like a weird line to be glib about.
4: Yeah,
1: I but um, again, no love for the lyrical content, but the way his voice like drops down to like even lower, just like walk, 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 like it kind of just feels like he's like barely exercising his vocal cords to like get that like kind of croaky sound out. It's really good, and I wish it was. A, I wish the lyrical content was better. Because
2: was, it was literally it was, anything else? Yeah.
1: Yeah, literally
0: anything else, please. Yeah, I really don't like this one. Locked in clutch, hold your breath.
1: I also like the way that he goes, "Milk of Amnesia." It's good. I. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, genius user. So here we are. Good name. The subject of the song is not only highly medicated, but paranoid to the point of racism. <laughs> really? Golly, you think so? Do you, God.
0: Do, do you we think that racism comes after paranoia or the other way around?
2: We could never really be sure. Yeah.
1: Uh, so let's stop talking about this one because it sucks. Yep. Um, this next song, This Modern Love.
3: Told me you wanted to eat up my
1: sadness. Maybe you got to be more um, Also, breaks my damn ass heart. It's a good fucking song. It's really
2: good. First of all, the first time I heard this song was absolutely Owen Pallett covering it live. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if it was, I don't think he ever did it at a concert I was at, but like Owen Pallett's one of these musicians that I've always like collected live recordings from, especially mm-hmm. when he does covers, because he always bring something interesting to the covers given he's just playing like a violin with a loop pedal so he's always doing something fun with it and he does do a cover of this modern love
1: yeah it's good i love the violin on that uh instead of uh instead of the uh of of russell's guitar yeah um i just the 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 i i i love violins they're a good instruments mm-hmm. the intro um, is
0: really pretty like they they've got the overlapping arpeggios between the bass and the guitar yeah. it's, it's got that kind of slow build to it it's so it seems pretty. like it's gonna kind of start a couple of different times It seems like there's a couple like almost false starts before it really kinda opens up into the into the song. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really pretty opening.
1: This um this song also went straight for my ass because a um a romance hit sorry, I'm parting the too much, but I'm gonna (laughs) say it anyways. Um, why so scared of romance feeling that I kind of have a lot to work with because it's a, I mean it's a, the, the mortifying idea the mortifying ordeal of being known is terrifying, yeah. but it is the thing that must be over, kind of must be overcome for actual romance instead of just you know, doing things like buying someone a book
2: Yeah, and that that was, that was such like, it felt like such a particular one, it's like I don't know how to express my feelings so I'm going to express it through like, you know, consumer input Yeah, because <laughs> I know and, I, I've been like that before, you know, just buy yeah, people shit
1: The start of the second verse is also very like how I kind of was for a while and it wasn't good. But don't get offended if I seem absent-minded. Just, just keep telling me facts and making me smile. And don't get offended if I seem absent-minded. I get tongue-tied. It's not, it's not exactly a
2: kids be on their cell phones moment but it does seem to speak to, like, the alienating nature of technology and how it,
3: yeah, like, just, how it just
1: impacts modern scene. relationships.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah. it's like a we be on our cell phones kind of song. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to kids beyond their cell
1: phones. Zeroing in on a line at the end of the first verse, uh, I've been paid, I've been weighed. Um, hmm, Kind of... Uh, what, to find that. It's just uh, to be lost in the forest, to be caught adrift. You've been trying to reach me. You bought me a book, which I always misheard of, as "You bought me a bird," but whatever. To be lost in the forest, to be caught adrift. I've been paid. I've been weighed. I've been, and then it's just the.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I would almost like bring that back to the soul weighing of Anubis if it made sense here, but
1: yeah. But the thing is that I, that was a misheard lyric by moi. <laughs> Yeah. So that was never actually the original lyric. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately.
2: Um, the read on the bri- the the line in the bridge, I'll pay for you anytime. Um, people like to read that about being about sex work,
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: which it doesn't really fit with the rest of the song.
1: Right. Like, I, I will, I I'll pay for, like, when I say I'll pay for you to my girlfriend, it's like, that's I will buy you dinner yeah exactly
2: and also like it 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 matches with earlier lines in the songs about buying them shit trying to re- like trying to reach me you bought me a book like that moment of you know, like you know consumer intimacy because you don't know how to express yourself
3: mm-hmm. yeah. and
2: so it's saying like i'm reliable i'll pay for you anytime it doesn't necessarily mean i'm going to be open with my emotions but i'll show my
1: i'll show myself in this way instead
0: i bought you a copy of uh the first three books of uh a song of ice and fire
1: yeah, I bought you a copy of Infinite Jest. Suck my dick now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I also like the, the songs. Like, baby, you've got to be more discerning. I've never known what's good for me. And baby, you've got to be more demanding. Like, I it, it's, it almost seems like a very much like, we're this way, but we don't have to be this way. Like, please tell me if it sucks. And I'll yeah. try to be a different way. Yeah. But it's that's... almost like, I'm not willing to put the work in to figure out what's up. I want you to tell me. Yeah. And I I, yeah. I think that that works of like uh, in a really good way with the uh, like the presupposed like alienation present in the rest of the song. In yeah. that like, not only is he unable to express, he's also unable to read.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm nine like, and I can't fucking up, read. What up? I'm, what up? I'm Kelly. I'm 21 and I never fucking learned how to read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Basically. Um, I, this is not a genius annotation, but it may as well be. The third verse opens with the lyrics, and you told me you wanted to eat up my sadness. We'll jump on, enjoy, you can gorge away. And you told me you wanted to eat up my sadness. Um, I used to trawl iTunes to read reviews of albums that I like to look for bad reviews to get mad at. Um, yeah. So I guess nothing has changed in the last 15 years of my life. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but there was one review that was written by someone who was like, there's a line where someone says, you told me you wanted to eat up my sadness. Well, th- and well, you got your way, but that that means that she's sucking his dick, and like for the for the re- for my life since then, I've just been like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But like, imagine referring to your Kelly's dick as my
2: about- sadness. <laughs> like you'd ha- you'd have to have a pretty pathetic dick, like a zero out of ten dick for that, or
1: just some really bad depression. <laughs> or I mean, you could get or, depression. Or, dick. or wait, hold on. or Your dick dysphoria. is voiced
0: by Phyllis Smith.
1: <laughs> or dysphoria. Dysphoria. Yeah. Please suck my dick so that I so that I don't don't have to have the dysphoria of looking at it. Next, we've got pioneers. We do have pioneers. fucking much. Um, the way the guitar starts in this song, it always kind of makes me, well, not always, but like in my head this kind of makes me picture like, uh like uh, lights on a, ra- like on a, on a radio tower or electric tower in the far distance just kind of like lighting up. just like the boom, 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 boom. You know what i mean yeah i just I, I that's kind of what i picture when i hear this song and i think
0: it's got kind of that um like you the not to bring up you too but like the edge uh has that uh delay thing that is kind of the same thing as what's going on with the guitars in the intro god
2: he sure is called the fucking edge huh
0: yes and then the drums come in and they're just loaded with that gated reverb
1: gotta love it do love the gated reverb. It's yeah. the love yeah. letter to the 80s that we all needed. Um, when the drums kick in in this song, my ass is separated from my body. Like, Matt Tom just <laughs> blows me out of the fucking water. All yeah. I need is. It. <laughs> <laughs> Time. <laughs> it's good shit. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, I also just love. The verse here, I don't really know what it's supposed to be about, but I fucking love it. <laughs> just, if it can be broken, then it can be fixed. Can... I just, I, I always love... Any, anything, anything busted can be repaired,
2: and anything that's that's whole can be split apart. I don't know what you're saying, but it sure are some words that sound good when they come out of you.
1: Yep. And all you need, I mean, it's it's objectively true statements. Like, if it can be broken, then it can be fixed, yes. If it can be fused, then it can be split, yes. It's all under control, four times, Sure. If it can be lost, then it can be won. Yeah. If it can be touched, then it can be turned. Um I feel like there's a I feel like there's a turn of phrase that I'm not knowing for that that makes yeah. that make more sense.
2: Yeah, I'm not hundred percent on that one. Yeah. But like but, yeah, thinking of pioneers and just like pre promised the world we'd tame it, what were we hoping for? Yeah. Like, it seems like a colonial angle almost. Yeah. But I'm not exactly sure what the statement is with it.
1: Yeah. Um, I also think the, uh, the, the, I think this is my favorite track on the album and in a large part because of the bridge. Uh, just we get this, this very like rhythmic, I, I mean rhythmic obviously, but like we get this like very like into with breathing. Breathe in, breathe, breathe out, in, breathe in, breathe out. Yeah. and then the 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 line I just love it. The, so uh, it doesn't really make too much sense, but I love the way he sings it. The so here we are reinventing the wheel. I'm shaking hands with a hurricane. Like I don't exactly know what it's evoking, but it's evocative, and I am evoked by it.
2: It gets the people going.
1: Yeah, it's a color
2: that I can't describe. It's a language I can't understand. He's even he's saying your reaction to the previous two lines. Damn. In the next two lines.
1: Damn. Damn. Kelly would fucking do (laughs) it. Woo. Oh my God. I've I've been mind
0: freaked. Starting with the the word ambition, it has like the same rhythmic meter as Mr. Brightside. Like ambition, tearing out the heart Heart of you.
1: you, Garbing lines into, well.
0: Yeah. Dripping down the sides of you. Let's
2: be real, Sarah. Kelly doesn't care about meter either. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He
2: fucking, he fucks around the meter so often. Does he sing things like exactly as he would on album live or is he all over the place?
1: Um, I haven't paid too much, I haven't watched too much of their live stuff, and it's been a long time since I went, but I yeah. feel like, I don't know. Because he seems went, like he's
2: singing really free-flowing, it doesn't seem very planned. Yeah. But that the, could um, be the affect that he's going for.
1: The thing is that when I went to the concert, it was their four concert, the concert for the album Four. Okay. So a lot of that was different songs stuff. from, yeah, a lot of that was different stuff that I hadn't really heard too much of yet, because like, the album had only come out like prior maybe. Yeah. Um. But uh. So yeah. I don't remember too well. God. I, oh, I'd love to see them again. But I don't know if I want to see them with the current lineup. Nothing against the current lineup. I just. I love the original lineup. Is so it?
2: Is up. is Kelly the only original member left? No. Now? Russell. Russell's still
1: around. Russell's okay. still
2: around. Uh.
4: But
1: no. Gordon Matt Tong. Left, no. Gordon Moke's left in 2013. He's now a member of the Young Legionnaires. Mm. And Matt Tong left in 2015. I don't know what he's doing. And Kelly Ocaraki. He's gone on the record and said that someone was doing cocaine and someone didn't like it. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Aw, that's always it sound sounds like about drugs. It feels like, I was a little, it feels like you're putting your bodies on blast a little bit there, but oh god. I'm a, I am think I'm just gonna, after we're done with the song, I'm gonna, like, just smoke some weed and listen to this song on repeat. <laughs> like, damn, I, I am shaking hands with a hurricane. Damn, Kelly. Oh god. It's such a. this This song in particular, like, flashes me back to, like, my high school so much. This song and plans both do. Um, but yeah, it's fucking good. <laughs> The way he the way he the way he sings the end of the third verse, uh, we said we're going to conquer new frontiers, go on stick your bloody head in the jaws of the bi- I fucking love the enunciation he puts on it. He really frontiers. goes for it. He put some stank on it. <laughs> he put mustard, ketchup
2: and sriracha on that bitch. And also stank. And also stank. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the the FDA recommends putting a little hot sauce on that bad boy. <laughs> Are we good to move into Price of Gas?
1: about the price of gas? You know, I've been I've been informed that it does keep on rising. Yeah. I mean, I I've, I've been driving a mid-sized car. I never heard anyone. By the way, I was today years old when I realized what this song is actually about. I like I pretty much knew all the words, uh, but I didn't understand. Yeah. Yeah,
2: so this is the obvious war song. Yes,
1: absolutely. Yeah. The price of war, the price
2: of wars to get gas. Yep. The song is precisely 4 minutes and 20 seconds
1: long. <laughs> Um, do you know what the, uh, make like a stone, make like a plant part is in the first verse?
2: I don't know. Decompose in the ground and turn into gas?
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: That was like the only read I could get on it that made any sense to me.
1: Yeah.
0: They're words and they sound good.
2: Or just like, uh, get the fuck out of the way. We're going to blow you up with ordinance now. True. But yeah, like the we're going to win this in the chorus, very like military bravado shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. Of it's course in verse 2 as well.
1: Yeah. I, I also like to imagine like him doing like the, the SpongeBob meme at the in the interjections with like the 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 I've been driving a mid-sized car part is just like some like fucking prick on the streets like uh, boom, uh. and then like kelly comes in with like the fucking alternating caps and be like is that a fact is that a fact is that a fact
2: yeah and it's very like um something that was interesting about like the political connotations of this song is that it does seem like the whole lying about wmds thing was a much larger deal in england than it was in the states where like nothing fucking happened
0: yeah no like everyone was on board
2: People's pro- political careers ended over the association with uh, with voting for the Iraq War, whereas, like, yeah. voting for the Iraq War is, like, still, like, the majority of
1: the Congress That's and the just, Senate. Yeah. Yeah, we, like, the Senate had one dissenter on that vote, I think. Wasn't it fucking Bernie Sanders? <laughs> It was not Bernie's... um, Was he in Senate at that point? (laughs) uh, It was... I think he was in Senate. I think I'm thinking of the House of Representatives. I think there was one dissenter in the House of Representatives. Okay. Yeah, no, it was very popular. Bernie did... I believe Bernie did dissent. But that's... We're not here to tell you about how Bernie can still win. The
2: ghosts are here. The ghosts are here. Red, white, and blue. Red, white, and blue. It's good that red, white, and blue can actually refer to the British flag and the American flag. Gives him some plausible deniability on this one. Mm. If he ever wants to try to say it's not about the U.S. in any way. But I mean, like... The Blair uh, Labour Party was as much in support of the Iraq War as the American as the American government was. Like they were like the biggest cheerleader. So it doesn't
1: have to uh, be yeah. about America at all. Um, Bush and Blair geez. were
0: big big buddies on that.
1: Uh, genius does not seem genius does not seem to care very much about the political leanings either way about this song though because all they have to say all the all they have to say is uh, well in terms of like the generic song notes uh, yep. nothing to say about the lyrics but the generic song notes are mislabeled on the original album pressies, pressings as price of gasoline. Which yeah. it is. It's one well, of the I two believe-
2: tracks that has the wrong title on most releases.
1: Yep. Uh, actually, in the Spotify release, it is "The Price of Gas." Yeah,
2: yeah. that's what it was in my iTunes too. Yeah, uh, from the um, from the and release also
1: and also the marching sound in the song was created by Gordon yeah. by, by bassist Gordon Moke's walking in the studio with like, of so Wood instructor's feet, which is a pretty fucking funny comment. I got to admit.
2: Yeah, that's like one of my favorite drum sound notes. Other than the fact that. Um, on Rain Dogs, Tom Waits did most of the drum sounds by just hitting a big wooden plank against a door. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> Which, I think that's the best way to make a drum sound I've ever heard. Like you can't do that fast enough to do it like regularly. So you're clearly just making a sample and using it. Yeah. Whereas you you can step fast enough. <laughs>
0: I prefer to think of Gordon Mokes just, you know, with his bass strapped on and just wearing like traditional clogs made of wood <laughs> and clogging during the song.
2: I'm imagining him just some like big fucking horseshoes, uh, not horseshoes, um, snowshoes, like just some real oh, big sure. honkers.
0: Yeah, like he just the kind tr- that like he gets tr- uh, hung up on your wall if you have an up north cabin.
2: Of course, as, as he trudged his way to the studio in like those those harsh London winters. <laughs> Yeah. It's good to imagine. I really like the ingenuity that people put towards getting good drum sounds. I really respect the hustle. As someone yeah. who famously will like an album with good drum sounds, and if the next album has just as good songwriting but worse drum sounds, I'll hate it. <laughs> you have to get the drum sounds right or I don't give a shit. This album thankfully yeah. manages it throughout.
0: The trick to getting good drum sounds is having your uh, your crash cymbal six feet up in the air.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's let's do the the John Stanier solution. Yeah. Hey,
1: do you do you wanna do you wanna hear a genius review from Genius user Deadstock Mind? Um, absolutely, because I know which one it is because I also have it open. Uh, so on the chorus, which is, we're gonna win this! Uh, Deadstock Mind thinks that that lyric of, we're gonna win this, is he's predicting that the consumer will win and gas prices will eventually deflate. (laughs) Parentheses. 2016, gas prices are now actually affordable again. Also, that comment was left four years ago, and I'm gonna fucking shit up my ass, because 2016 is (laughs) How is that still there? Uh, and then, uh, uh genius user actual genius uh mark ben Go-Mori marked this as missing something and they said i think this is missing what might be the point of the song you
2: don't even have to say anything else he could have just left it there yeah he just basically gives the 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 political context which is um well yeah. written but unnecessary you could have just told him he's an idiot yeah. the thing the thing about arguing with people online is that they want you to put in the effort you just need to tell them they're stupid and
1: leave uh, Genius user uh, Paul Bremner also re- responds to the uh, the whole song. Damn, I thought it was we're gonna witness <laughs> <laughs> P- covering my mouth in in silver spray paint.
0: <laughs> Win this me.
2: I mean, price of gas that like. And and we're gonna witness like you could just throw this song into Mad Max Fury Road untouched.
0: You could. This would this would be Furiosa's theme song.
2: God, imagine the fucking doof warrior just strumming this one out on guitar. That'd <laughs> oh be my fucking God, that sick. <laughs> that would be fucking sick. should have cast sick, Kelly genuinely. in that
0: movie. Ke- Kelly would have been good for that movie. I think. If
1: he ever makes another one, we'll see. Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Thank Max Fury Road. That's the one I'm gonna star in. All right. So now we're
2: moving to the track that is not on the edition of the album that I have. Yes. Uh, but it's featured on the Spotify release and it's featured in U.S. releases. And that's Little Thoughts.
3: I've been thinking, little thoughts keep on walking just stand up, pay attention to the details We go slowly, slowly down
2: Uh, this one slaps. I, I'm really glad that i I got to
1: listen to it. Yeah, I fucking love little thoughts uh a lot. just the it sounds like you are in your kitchen and then this band is performing the song in your garage, yeah, and for the first little bit. and then it like snaps to like clarity. Yeah, it was really throwing me
2: off at first when I was listening to it like along with the album. I'm like, "Whoa, the production on this one's like way different." Yeah, yeah, it
0: sounds Which... like it's coming through the phone almost. Yeah, yeah. but this is and still this it.
1: is still an Epworth joint. He's still produced for this one. And then and then fucking like Matt Tong, it's just like there's like some like really like some really tinny like guitar and drums and like Matt Tong fucking breaks. He's like, um,
2: and I'm like, yes, bitch.
1: Woo! Yeah, I know I've I know I've uh, a lot of Matt Tong's work in this album, but it's I mean it's good because I fun. could
2: not recall anything off the top of my head other than the guitar line oh, yeah. from Helicopter, so it's helpful. I have, lis-
1: <laughs> I have listened I listened this album so
2: much. I mean, I've listened to it like four times today, which has been more than I listen to most things. So. Yeah. I've gotten a, uh, I've gotten a feel for it but not to the point where I can like recall anything other than the guitar line from Helicopter which one I had friends with guitar hero as a kid and two 100% sure it was in several commercials.
1: Yeah. Uh, may have been in commercials, but it was also in like FIFA 06 is a Which game, I had, yeah, okay. That tracks. Yeah. yeah. Uh it was in another game that I can't remember but I was like I was like on the YouTube I was on the YouTube page for the song and it was like how many who's here because of, it was like 50 different comments saying who's here because of FIFA 06.
2: Yeah, I wonder if that's the same FIFA game I have that has a Poly6 track on it because that was always really fun to hear when my brother was playing FIFA in the other room. It was a World Cup edition one, so they had like, okay, tracks yep, from all comes. the different uh, from all the different countries.
1: I've uh, I've linked you to that that one Poly6 song that I've heard that I really like called uh, the the one he did with Heegee Driver. Yeah, no L- I haven't actually heard that yet. Oh, it's so
2: good. But I, I really do love Poly Six. They're very good. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I don't think have ever been favorably reviewed by Pitchfork, so will not be
1: featured on this podcast. I think what I've heard of Poly Six, I like, but it's also like a, I can't listen to this too long without getting a headache. But I that's think that's so valid. That's
2: why their albums are only like twenty five minutes
1: long. What is it? Right. I mean, my mine. Is that, is that I my me mine. And that is the track that that was in FIFA. That song's good. Yeah,
0: now is is the time was their big U.S. crossover album, which I think was actually sold in Hot Topic. Well, yeah, they were a big MySpace band. Yeah, I remember being on their MySpace back in the day, and they described themselves as sounding like Devo 2.0.
2: Yeah, and their influences were listed as Devo, and that's it. They're just like, we're Japanese Devo. We don't care about the comparison, and in fact, we invite them. Yeah. I don't think Mark Mothersbaugh ever worked with them, and I think that would be a very interesting collaboration. too. He should produce an album for them or something. Uh,
1: but little thoughts. Little thoughts. As I said, uh, I am a little if, thought. Y'all mind if I've uh, been thinking little thoughts? You mind if I am yeah. a little thought? I think i have uh, gotten enough out of This, this
0: world ain't just made of facts. It is, in I, fact, a society.
1: I, I do... <laughs> the, I, it, the, every half hour is a countdown. Is another one of those those lyrics where it's like, I don't really know what this is saying, but I like it. <laughs> it Evocative gets the people it, going, etc.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it it seems to me it's kind of like the the uh, the sensation of just waiting for time to pass in boredom.
1: Yeah. I also like the line, the, 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 the pair of wells in the next line, which is three times, if it's because my age, then you're a coward. And then the fourth line is I haven't got the guts to stand alone which I think is a nice like parallel between, you know, I, you're a coward, I haven't got the guts. Yeah, yeah. Projection. Which is, yeah. Haven't got the guts to stand alone. God, fuck. I just need to do it. I'm just gonna bump this song all night.
2: This The chorus <laughs> on this one is one of my favorite choruses on the whole album. It's really good. It has yeah. such a good rhythm to it.
4: Yeah. Can you
2: do I'll, the chorus? Just... Do the chorus for me for a sec.
1: <laughs> I'll go back if, if you ask. Back. I'll go back if you ask me. I'll go yep, back. Yeah, there we go. If you ask, I'll go back. If you ask me, I'll go. back. Like, I wasn't sure. Course, we I did... wasn't
2: sure how long the pause was before the "I'll go back." If you ask, that's yeah. one. That's one problem with reading lyrics on lyric sites is that they mm-hmm. don't. I like when lyric sites will for format for like spaces and extended extended vowels. Yep. Like it's not a professional way to write lyrics, but it's a way that yeah. actually like is useful for me trying to read along. Mm-hmm. I really like I, when 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 lyrics will extend a vowel. I'm just like yeah. fuck yeah! Now I know exactly what the fuck's about to go down.
3: Yeah,
1: I um, I really love the the part in the second chorus when he like hits the when when he goes to the I'll back like yeah the really yeah high yeah one. The, the the octave
2: jump again for a guy who doesn't belt very often he can really bring it when he needs to. Yeah, he can, and it's like it's not like. I wouldn't call it like super technically gifted singing, but he's very good at um I, we've said this word like a thousand times but he's very good at being evocative. He's a very emotional singer. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I really is. I can really respect that like that part of the craft. Um, it's a very it, hard it, thing to do right.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, I think that jumping from the the harshness of Price of Gas to like the serene nature of so here we are is a really hard jump to make and yeah it's
2: like a perfect stepping stone
1: exactly yeah and i
2: i I feel like like as like a u.s edition something that came later it was very of a very conscious choice to put it there and not near the end Mm -hmm. because like sequencing an international album means you've had so much time thinking of the original sequence and then the album goes gold and suddenly you can't do anything else with it And now you have all this time to think about it and look at the reception to it and think about where it could be changed. And a lot of people will make some pretty drastic changes, but I think just popping one track in there works real nice. Mm -hmm. Like uh, this, this came up on Fun Point when they were doing the Marina and the Diamonds album. Uh, But they like, she like shuffled out a bunch of tracks. She shuffled out two different tracks, put one track back in from the bonus tracks. And then there was one track that was only on the international release.
1: And it was just a mess. Um, yeah, but, uh, so here we are at, so here we are. (laughs) Great transition. I just think this is a really fucking pretty song. Um, I yeah. think Russell Lisek, uh gets to do some really just like ser- serene guitar work in this, and I love. There's a couple of parts in the song where Matt Tong does like uh, a really gentle like cymbal roll, and I it, like sends chills down my spine every time. A good,
2: it's... a good, a good cymbal roll is very ASMR trigger. Yeah, like it's it's that that is how that's always felt for me. It's just a really really good gentle cymbal roll, like where you can't even hear the sticks hit it. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah. that's I also some love good when, shit right
1: there. I also love it the part where Ke- where Kelly's just vocalizing the oh. I mean, he's saying the word home, but it's yeah. it's essentially vocalizing. Um. Uh. But I I love him like dipping into that falsetto like not again not belting. This would have sounded like shit if he had belted. And yeah, I absolutely. Think, I think that like a lot of like indie rock bands d- are kind of uh, hesitant to have their singer jump up into the falsetto.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: this this is the uh this is the one to fall asleep to on this uh on this album Yes, it's very dreamlike yeah it's very, it yeah, very
2: um... ethereal and, like, yeah. lyrically, it just very much seems to be about, like, any kind of devotion. It could be a friendship devotion, relationship devotion, even probably a familiar devotion. That's ecstasy it's very, devotion. Or a devotion to fucking drugs. I fucking hate Genius so much.
1: Genius is such a bad website, dude. It's not about
2: drugs, you piece of shit sonar, big suck, bitch suck dick 29. Fuck you. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's just a real pretty one. Yeah. I guess, like, um, it's mostly relationship when you get into verse two. So I really tried to be what you wanted. It all went wrong again. A lot of breakup kind of jams on this album, huh? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. What you been through,
2: Kelly? What you been through?
1: I I don't know, but I'm certainly feeling it. I might dip into this one a lot more in the coming couple of weeks now that I know what the lyrics is about. So I know that feel, Scoob. Oh, God. Kelly definitely knows that feel. But, uh, speaking of things to say, y'all want to talk about Luno? We can talk about Luno. (laughs) Luno. Is bleeding. Oh boy! Right. Uh,
2: so here we are. Says the subject of this song, "Luno" could very well be a drug addict. <sighs> Good. Like this just seems very much about like living up to expectation. Like, the this,
1: song. this is this is the same user who said that the that blue light is about the blue lights in bathrooms that make you not do heroin. Yeah. It's so the blue is, light on the end of my jewel. <laughs>
2: um, I could never get a proper lead on the "I can read the I can heal the blind I can cure the sick" kind of line. I can say the right things. I can say the right things. It's just basically like. The, the the most of the song prior to that point is about someone who seems to be like you know jumping through hoops trying to live up to expectation. Yeah, and, and then, then the at that then... point it's basically like is it like he's saying he's coming in being like I'm the person who could solve all your problems? Is it like just like a like a shitty relationship
1: person that he's like embodying in that point? Because that's kind of how I read it. To me, this I, I'm reading this just in the moment as like an exaggeration. Like, he's exaggerating, like, I can do this, so why can I not make this work? Like, he, I, I don't think Kelly is saying that he is ability to clear, heal the blind and cure the sick, but like, oh, yeah, no, no, can, I,
2: I feel like that's definitely like an exaggeration right, in, in that, right. like, I, I
1: think I, think I can cure like, what I else, can, yeah, yeah, I can do all of this, but why can I not fix this relationship? I can say the right things, but I cannot say the I, but they are, that is not enough for this because,
2: yeah, no, like, as I was like, is it the way I read it is almost like the person. That Kelly is embodying in that verse is kind of a shithead. Yeah, (laughs) because like it almost seems like the I can say the right things, I can do the right, I can I can do all this for you. Where'd you get so cruel? Where'd you get so cruel? Is like you know the moment where this person who you you're approaching because of her low self-esteem is standing up for herself in the relationship, and the person who's abusing. Is coming back in a way like you know like why are you standing up for yourself and then at the end it's like come back to me the way you were the way you were when we were young like change yourself to back you to everything. this this point yeah in your life when you were different when you were the way that i liked you to be and like i very much just read this as like an abusive kind of relationship song like obviously not like praising it like you know it's a shitty narrator kind of situation but that was my read of it
1: yeah, yeah. i'm totally sure yeah
2: i i think a lot of it is open to interpretation but uh, that was kind of the way I went with it.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I don't really have much else to say about it. This is a this is a song that I kind of I, I don't not like this song. I just kind of it just kind of like glazes over my brain every time I listen to it. Mm-hmm. I like this. I like the energy. I like the sound. I like the Death from Above 1979 version of it a lot.
2: Plans is pretty.
1: Um also when I was young I had a theory that I may have put to paper somewhere about this song secretly being about the book Catch Twenty Two. Huh. Hold on. Um oh what the fuck did I name my blog Fantabularistic, I think it's called. It was some stupid I wonder if BlogSpot still has my shit. Yeah, probably. My my wife's old live journal is still up. Not blog sport, blogspot.com. Come on. Ah, nope. Can't find sports it. Sports
0: blogger, sports blogger.
1: <laughs> open up <laughs> no your blog. No animal up this up, week. Open up your blog. <laughs> Damn it. Um, there's a couple of things that I do remember that, like, b- that, like stuck up to me. Like, uh, uh... Cut your hair and shave your beard like that's I mean obviously military um uh vipers to come for you I remember there being some it's been a while since I've read the book too but I really feel like I remember there being something about someone dreaming about snakes like you will kill or be killed it's about progress that's I feel like that's almost a line verbatim from the book uh we will run backwards there's a character who only walks backwards in that book and that's the best I could come up with and I kind of reach for that one um whip cracks we jump also uh uh Military, and also I can imagine something like a, a military sergeant just screaming, "Wake up, sleepyhead!" into the fucking barracks. This song yeah. always
2: just kind of struck me as like a uh, like a a song towards someone who's you know wasting their life, not really doing anything. Always. Mm-hmm. Always kind of making plans, but never taking action.
1: He'd be on their phone. He'd be on his phone.
2: He'd be on his phone. Like, especially with, like, been training vipers to come for you in your dreams to he release you. In your dreams like, to release you. In your sleep. Like, just, like, you're so not taking action in your life that I'm literally going to train a snake to attack you <laughs> until you start moving. Yeah. It's like a reverse dog track. Instead of a bunny that they all chase, the a snake chasing you around the track.
1: Genius user John Blaine Williams says, not even the convincing power of the singer can move this person. He's considering, He's considering other, other options.
2: options. That's that's probably my favorite annotation so far. This guy's Thank you, John Blaine Williams.
0: All right, uh, trained snakes, check that one off.
2: Yeah, the ravens are leaving the tower it just seems to be like an oblique British politics reference, I guess. If yeah. the, the, the British crown will fall should they ever leave. Uh, who wants to go kidnap some
1: ravens? Fuck yeah, <laughs> use that. Got gotta hurry though before the fucking paralogue. Oh, the pro-rogue. Pro-Rogue, Thank you. The
2: queen fucking sucks, y'all. Let's just. Let's I, get I that think
1: up, I, right. I think I think I actually confused it with the word for the side stories in the Fire Emblem game, okay. which is Paralogue? Paralog. Huh.
0: Let's just all go hang out in the in the uh, the rookery at Buckingham Palace with all uh, of the all the ravens. Hold on,
1: hold on. I, I need to say something. The the line "Stop being so laissez faire" is highlighted. I'm. Pr- Praying that this is like some this is like kelly okareki that like, someone's annotated this saying kelly okareki really hates government in inv- getting involved with like markets and stuff
0: that is pretty much uh what that annotation is
1: well no the annotation just defines laissez-faire and just says that the subject needs to fucking get off their ass and stop it i yeah <laughs> i was i was kind of hoping that there was going to be like this line means that kelly okareki thinks the government's bad
2: even though it's saying <laughs> stop being so laissez-faire <laughs>
1: Yeah. Or like, sorry, big. he thinks the big government is good? I don't really know what laissez-faire is. Is that big government or small government? Whatever. Who it's the
2: government shit? just not giving a shit and letting capitalists run your left shot over the rights of the people around. Them. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, capitalism.
1: Yeah. Um. <laughs> there's. there's yeah. It, that's I, just is, what it is. If 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 um if pioneers is my favorite song on this album, this is a pretty close second. Um. It's kind of just. It's one of those songs that kind of just rattles around in my head a lot. Um. You will kill or be killed. It's about progress. I've got a taste for blood. Like the way he kind of like falls off blood at the end of that uh, yeah. chorus is really good.
2: I also just like we make plans for big times. Then get bogged down, distracted. Distracted. We get pl- we plans for good times plans. only on the surface, so kiss me before it all gets complicated. And then a ending, of course, again with the I've got a taste for blood. Blew. And then we move into the final track. The co-
3: compliment. The on, and gets done. So done. We just get.
1: Uh, Kelly O'Kareki uh, has done, uh, he did, this was a song that he wrote back when, block, back before Block Party was Block Party, back when they were Union, which I believe was, I- I've seen video these, I- I've seen video of these guys doing it live, Russell Lizhack has the exact same, like, hair swoop, like, he looks like fucking, he, he looks like that motherfucker from, uh, Ace, from, uh, 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 uh Apollo Justice, Ace Attorney, Darren, what's his face, or whatever, the one with, like, the <laughs> fucking dick, the big, the big fucking pompadour. Yeah. Like, that's what Russell Lisek looks like in the video. But I cannot... And it's Matt Tong on the drums, but I cannot tell whether or not that's Gordon Mokes on the bass. Irrelevant, uh, but the video does introduce by Kelly, Kelly saying, this is a song about hating your job. Uh, Matt, I would like to say Matt Tong is shirtless in the video and when I was at the concert he wait, he lasted about four songs before he ripped his shirt off and threw it into the audience. Absolute legend. <laughs>
2: yeah. We we do stand. Um, we
1: do. I think the song is like it's fine. It just like it just kind of feels like a bit of a fart to end the album on. Like, I kinda
0: like it as an outro. It I, I like I like when outros kind of bring them down from like uh from like a mood that was more like maybe manic uh you could yeah. say. I, I think, think it, it very much song. seems to
1: follow from the last song. I, I don't think this is a bad song. I just feel like this is like a. It just does not feel like as interesting as the rest of the album. And maybe that's like intentional, but I don't know.
2: It seems to follow a very similar narrative thread uh, yeah, to plans and yeah. like just yeah. kind of like a youthful like lethargy. We just we sit, and sit and here, reside. we smoke. Nothing gets done. Yeah, and uh, it could almost feel redundant in that way. But I also just think it's really pretty, and it's a nice way to end it. And. It kind of works for me the way that it's set up on the... CD version that I have um, Which the song ends And then there's like seven minutes of silence And then there's the instrumental bonus track Because it almost just seems like You leave the record on the wheel kind of thing And just a nice little surprise at the end I think it's a really nice way to end a record that way
1: I complained about this but I also Fucking love the the version From the Silent Alarm remixed album uh, Which is just it's just like this But like a little bit slower and ten Fucking minutes so maybe I'm wrong Oh hell yeah who does that? it's really I good look. i love Nick m83 no nick zinner oh uh, nick zinner m83.
2: from uh yeah yeah yes m83 did pioneer right but yeah i like it he's credited as nick zinner there but oh yeah i know who that is i got you that reminds me i am gonna find this uh, album just so i can find the cornelius track
0: it's on spotify this song probably could have been like originally titled nicotine and bacteria just because of how much that phrase is repeated throughout the uh throughout the lyrics um and I, I i do like that that line
2: yeah yeah the crushing power of routine uh mm-hmm. that's also just an unsighted quote but that actually does seem to work with the song so i'll allow it yep yep yeah it's by john blaine williams we just called him a comrade so <laughs> i guess we have to accept it we're legally yeah.
1: obligated to stand. no choice yeah. no chance and no choice but to stand. <laughs>
0: Guess I'll accept it. Uh, uh, just side note, every time I hear we're obligated to Stan, I think of Wayne Knight from Space Jam because he was Stan.
2: That's true. And he was obligated to Stan himself because that was literally his job, was to be Michael Jordan's- A publicist.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> he was obligated by the force, the crushing force of capital, to stand. Um, I don't know. There's something about an album filled with songs about anxiety and ending a song, ending with a song about capitalist isolation in a workplace society that kind of works for me, also. Just yeah, like on the thematic, thematic bend of the album, thematically good, thematic good. Yes. Just depends on how much you're feeling the slow songs. which yeah. For me, it
1: worked really well. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I am not. I I am vast. Do I contradict myself? Very well. I am vast. I contain multiple.
0: We're working a. a Normal 9 to 5 40 hour
1: work week I can definitely Identify with that Sentiment Just a lot of Sitting and sighing Like 90% of my Conversations with Someone else at work Just start with Sigh (sighs) Okay (laughs) so
0: Yeah and when you get home, you're already too tired to do anything you actually wanted. To.
2: But yeah, no, it, it does really just feel like it was called Nicotine and Bacteria. And then they're just like, well, we can't call it that. Yeah. For whatever reason.
0: Th- this, is the, this is the NyQuil driver of yeah, this, this is, album.
2: This is the NyQuil driver of this album. I was just going to bring that one up. Yeah. They just did. It didn't work for the title for whatever marketing label reasons or whatever. And they're just like, ah, yeah. fucking call it compliments. Titles don't have to mean anything. It's fine. Makes you think.
1: And that's, S- all- that's Silent Alarm. That's sound alarm by Block Party. That's that whole thing. That's that whole motherfucking thing. Yeah, thank you so much for letting me talk about this album. I've like I've had so many thoughts about this album ever since I first heard it, and like I had no venue in which to put them really, so thank you for giving me an outlet. So what you're saying is that you wouldn't station. call them little thoughts. I would not call them little <laughs> thoughts, no. They're big thoughts. I would thoughts. call however, I would call you little thought. Yeah, that's me.
2: <laughs>
0: You're, you're the glowing eyes thinking emoji about this album.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's me. I am like, I am bursting at the seams with th- with thoughts and cum.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh man, well, that, we, we almost missed it.
2: We almost missed our cum reference. And it wasn't me that
1: made it. I'm very proud of you, Sarah. <laughs> Happy to help. So John what's Arbuckle,
0: come on Tuning Fork.
1: <laughs> no! <laughs> Okay. Yes, but only in the only in the misinterpretation of that, which is John Arbuckle coming on of tuning fork to come, and then immediately tuning <laughs> <duty> fork. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just bust on the just bust wall on the mic. Hate it. Can we? Let's
2: move it on. I already yeah. I already forget how we usually end this podcast.
0: Well, we we usually do favorite song from the album.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I think I already said it as such, but uh, my favorite is pioneer. I, I was really feeling positive tension
2: the whole time, so that's what I'm going to stick with.
0: Interestingly enough, uh, I think mine might be blue light.
1: It's good. It's a good song. They're all really good. Like I don't think there was a I don't think there was a wrong choice except for maybe like if you said if you said she's hearing voices, I would have been like, <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, delete okay. my audio. We're not doing this <laughs> podcast anymore. <Yeah. laughs> delete noise space. Delete the whole thing. The whole website just needs to go in the toilet now because you said that. Uh, one thing that I do It turns know, out
0: Noise Space was just Joker's trick all along.
2: <laughs> uh, one thing that we do like to go over is, like, based on the the critical reception for the album, does it hold up? And I think, like, I, absolutely. A, a Pitchfork 8.9, probably not as generous as it could have been, but, like, still a solid score, especially for that era of Pitchforkers before they were given... Yeah, I and, think, uh,
1: I- Low nines to everything. This is this is definitely hindsight because this album was like huge, like this album was like instrumental uh like this i feel like 8.9 is low and it's impossible for me to remove myself from that hindsight because i didn't know that about this album until i was like in a world where so much music had been like this album had like already made its like ripples throughout the rest of yeah yeah coming coming to
2: an album like like this or like any album that like had a huge cultural impact afterwards is always really interesting to me Mm -hmm. um like i came to the arctic monkeys and whatever the fuck that album's called like several oh, years you, later whatever
1: you think i am that's what i'm not
2: yeah i fucking hated it when i first heard it and i'm like i don't understand anything about why this is popular and but then,
1: but, then, but then your your eyes are open to the role of gomper
2: then i was my eyes are open to the role of gomper i mean i still don't like it that much but <laughs> i like i, get, it a I lot.
1: at least get it it's it's like early cage the elephant which is exactly my type of movie. yeah um the but first, yeah no I think, it, I think i think it kind of works
2: so uh, the legacy of the band is um this was I believe their highest rated thing by Pitchfork. Highest rated line. and
1: I think I think most people can I, I think most people who are fans of this band can mark a pretty solid trajectory from this album downwards. Yeah. Like weekend this like I think for me, these three albums, it's really hard for me to rank all three of them. I think for me, if I had to like put them in an order, I think it does go silent alarm, weekend in the city, intimacy. But like by a hair on I mean, each sure. they're all really good albums and all really close to each other, and definitely far closer than I feel like like Pitchfork. Like,
2: yeah, cool. I get that. So, I we don't have to make this a segment, but I really just wanted to point out, like, <laughs> the way that I'm most familiar with Kelly, which is uh, no, no, no we,
1: we're making this a segment now because I picked out a fucking song. Fine, god, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not even a block price,
2: it's a song he did with uh, RAC uh, for his album, uh, which was called Strangers and also featured vocalist
3: MNDR. Eyes are glowing red, and your tongue has Bye.
2: was one of those people who i feel like could have like a pretty big pop presence if she fucking put out music ever uh (laughs) like she put out one album that was pretty good and some people seemed to like it and then put out like two singles like this one and then put out one with like do you remember green label sound the thing that the thing that mountain dew did that had like three singles and then shuttered they
0: they gave out (laughs) they gave out uh plastic uh wayfarer sunglasses at pitchfork festival in 2010 when i went
1: And are, then, those, are those are those the Kanye shades? No. <laughs> so no, they, those are
0: shutter shades. Okay.
2: So yeah, they put out like a track by MNDR and a track by Neon Indian, and then stopped existing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's very good, and she does the the hook on this song, and Kelly does the ver- uh, Kelly does the verses, and then RAC just does instruments on the whole thing, doesn't sing, uh, which I'm pretty sure was what this whole album was. He just got guest vocalists because the main thing that RAC was. It was it stood for Remix Artist Collective and it was literally just a group of people who did remixes until uh, one of the main guys decided to just make a project out of it. And it is just an absolute jam of a song. It was covered on Song Exploder, which is where I'd heard of it originally. And it was my uh, my first like uh, exposure to Kelly Kelly's music in any way because I never listened to Block Party when I was younger. Um, And just some like really evocative lyrics about like losing people to drugs. And uh, it's interesting that the song was kind of created piecemeal. Like, they had the um, the instrumentals for it. And then it's like, lay down, some, uh, lay down some verses for this. And it's like, okay, we need something else. Okay, I'm going to go out to reach out to my friend to get a chorus for it. And then here's that chorus. And the <laughs> fact that it all managed to come together into a coherent song is actually amazing. Given yeah. it was, like, assembled across several continents.
1: By our powers combined, we have a pretty good song. <laughs> we have a
2: fucking banger. I, I really do love it. And yeah. so I had
1: to mention it. I. Uh... Can I go next? Sure. sure. Okay, cool. My song that I'm putting on... What is this called, Matt? I mean, we stole Lightbringers for H-Camp. I might as
2: well just steal Slap City. Slap City too.
1: <laughs> uh, my pick is going to be uh, Masada or Brand New by uh, Kanabur. Which was used, which was used as the uh, intro song for *Sarazanmai* the uh, Ikuhara anime from earlier this year. Uh, it is a really, really weird show, but a really, really good and emotional show about, as reference referenced earlier, the mortifying ideal of being known and connecting with people. And that's a lot of what the song is about if you translate the lyrics, because it is all in Japanese, I will say, but also it's the only song that, it's the first song that, like, I liked so much that I learned Japanese so that I could sing along with the chorus. <laughs> Um, it's just got, it's got some big guitars, they hit some really high notes in the chorus, there's some really good harmonies, uh, Bone has done a lot of, uh, uh, has done, like, a lot of J-Rock that you may be aware of, um, probably most famously they did Silhouette, which was a Naruto Shippuden opening, but, uh, you may have heard it if you, uh, did you ever see that video going around a couple years ago that was like, what if The Force Awakens was an anime opening or something?
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah that,
1: that was the song that was used. Same thing was true like there was a spider verse, and Avengers one going around. They always use silhouette by Kanaboon from Naruto Shippuden. Um but yeah, Masara by uh Kanabun. Uh, they it's they're they're a really good fucking band in that song and that song fucking rips.
0: Um, and I guess mine would have to be uh, the song that I've listened to the most number of times in the last year, uh, which is the song sickle Bomb by Black Moth Super Rainbow.
3: Dream-sicle.
0: It's from their album, uh, Cobra Juicy, which was funded on Kickstarter a few years back. Did you um, get the
2: lenticular cover for that?
0: No, I didn't. I, didn't I, really, reg- I really,
2: really regret <laughs> not getting the lenticular cover. Even I also I-
0: didn't get the rubber mask.
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the money to pay for something that exorbitant in 2012. But yeah, it's I think so fucking was it pretty.
0: Was. Yeah, and this, this song uh, is a standout for sure. It's got uh, a fan-made video, which is really kind of aesthetically pleasing like 70s tv all edited together um and it's got just kind of that uh disco-y like roller skating vibe uh and it's just just really pleasant and and fun to kind of bop in your chair too Black Moth super rainbow is good i saw them in in concert uh earlier here and I, we just kind of zoned out the whole time <laughs> I guess we close out.
2: Sarah,
1: where can people find you on the web? People can find me on Twitter. S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-N-Y-A. That is Sun genya on Twitter. You can also find me on all the other podcasts that I do on this wonderful XYZ network. I am a member of Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, Not a Threat, Just a Fact, which Matt is also a member of. Hey. Uh, I also do... Uh, the uh, the Wonder Years, which is an Animorphs podcast I do with my friends Blair and Seda, and Fear Baiting, which is a horror movie podcast that I do with a bunch of guests. Uh, that shows Fear Baiting is coming back soon, and Schlocktober is right on the corner, so watch your fucking neck. woo
2: Sarah, I think you're actually technically the... Uh, most active host on all of noise space with your podcast combined. Am I? Wow. That surprises Well, just because fear baiting has over a hundred episodes and the only other show with over a hundred episodes is um, the Island Shuffle. Mm. And that's the only show that Bean and James do. So by virtue, you pass them.
1: I am most prolific. Yeah. Yep. Podcasting. I have the biggest brain. Now this is
2: podcasting.
1: Uh
0: I'm David. You can find me on Twitter at Dave's with three Vs. Um I also do a show on uh Noise Space called The Stick, which is a Home Star Runner podcast. Uh we just did uh, a tuning fork esque episode about strong bad sings and other type hits. The uh the one and only Home Star Runner CD in two thousand three, featuring such hits as Everybody to the Limit and Trogdor, so go listen to that if God you bless. uh remember homestar runner at all um yeah that's it for i'm matt you can find me on
2: twitter at mattgcn. i run this bitch that being this network i have some podcasts including giants confirmed which is that they might be giants i'm also on henry kissinger's pokemon going to die i have other podcasts they may start again soon we'll see
1: i can't wait for episode four field guide to canadiana uh
2: you need episode three first (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm trying
1: to give you more credit (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
2: episode two oh, was about bagged Matt, milk, and you we really just you
1: got my hyena laugh out. We we really uh,
2: <laughs> we really hit the peak with uh, with writing about bagged milk, and then really couldn't think of another subject.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, our theme song is "Open Air" by Animal Style from the album "Open Air." Uh, you can find all of their music at nmlstyl.com. Our album art is by Nikki Flowers at Yiff Police on Twitter and nikkiflowers.bandcamp.com to uh, listen to all of their music. And uh, uh, had,
2: uh, had Picking Up Something Good
0: started when we last recorded? Uh, I don't think so, actually. Um, if it did, it so, yeah, might have just started. To, listen to Picking Up Something Good, which is uh, Nikki's podcast with friend of the show Mace, uh, where they talk about Radiohead albums, and it's good.
2: Yeah, uh, Mace was our guest last time and i think it was either right before or right after um, picking up something good started out and when mace's other podcast radish moved on to the network yeah welcome to radish
1: noise space grow noise space grow
0: and uh as we always say i had never seen a shooting star before
1: i'd never seen a shooting star before, folks i have never ever in my life seen a shooting fuck fuck a shooting fart thank you (laughs) never seen a shooting fuck i've never
0: farted on a star before (laughs)
2: I've never farted, comma, A Star is Born, starring Lady Gaga. Bye, everybody. Peace.